Welcome to Smartest Tales History. All right, enough with the echo and fanfare. You're here for history, right? And not that boring crap you learned in high school. This stuff's actually interesting. Like things you've never heard about the Civil War, Cleopatra, automobiles, Monopoly, the Black Plague, and more. Fascinating stories, interesting topics, and some downright weird facts from the past. It's a new twist on some stories you may know, and an interesting look at some things you may have never heard. So, grab a beer, kick back, and enjoy. Here's your host, Smarticus. Welcome to another episode of Smarticus Tells History. I am your host, Smarticus, and I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Phoenix. Hello! A quick rundown of today's story takes us to a small island located between Canada and Denmark. This tiny island has been the subject of a bizarre territorial dispute between the two countries, which even involved a bottle of liquor. First thing first, though, our beverage item today is, well, you probably guessed it, it's liquor. In particular, we are doing Crown Royal as it's Canadian alcohol and was likely used in this dispute as we will later discover that several different kinds were in fact used. So, um, I'm the only one with alcohol today. <laughs> um, that's totally fine. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I drink alone. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, we're recording. It is a little early while we're recording this, but I didn't care. <laughs> um, I don't have to go anywhere today. <laughs> and it's just one. It's just one. I'm not gonna. It's just know. the one. Yeah, I'm not gonna go get all liquored up and then. Yeah. Anyways. Start shooting off guns. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. And then we're. Uh. So okay. Yeah. So I have. Um. You said you got apple, right? I did. I got apple. So a crown royal apple, and I've had it before. It's pretty good. Um, I've had it. It's really yeah. I like. Um. The only time that I've or the only way that I've ever had it though um, is with orange juice like a screwdriver um, and it's very very good um, I think I don't even remember I think one of the uh, salesmen recommended that um, drink it with, uh, with orange juice like a screwdriver huh. um, and you know instead of you know vodka it's a uh, it's whiskey <laughs> and uh Apple, you know, I, I'm sure any flavored al- apple or, you know, maple might be good with it. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's very good. Um, and yeah, it is. It's very good. Yeah, you can you can taste both. It's really good. Nice. I was wondering if one would overpower the other. No, it's you can taste both. Um, and it goes down nice and smooth. You know, it's not, you know, most whiskey drinkers, you know, they usually drink it um, on the rocks or with uh, uh, Coke. Um, or, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever sort of their you know, choice. I, uh, I've always mixed, um, my whiskey with, uh, Dr. Pepper. Um, that's my go-to. <laughs> I remember hearing someone one time say, and they were such a snob, but I thought it was one of the funniest things. They said that anyone who mixes their whiskey with Dr. Pepper has no class. And <laughs> I kept thinking, you're saying that from experience, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I I do. I I, I like to drink it with uh, Dr. Pepper. I mean, I'll drink it with Coke too, but I, I prefer it with uh, Dr. Pepper. But I I don't really drink uh, whiskey. Uh, rum is my is my preferred drink. Nice. Okay, you're a pirate. Yeah. Why is the rum gone? Yeah. <laughs> it's always gone. Uh, doesn't matter what it is. I'll I'll mix it with Dr. Pepper. That's funny. Um, and uh, it's usually, but it's usually rum, spiced rum, particularly. Mm. 
I wouldn't try like a coconut rum or or anything like that. That'd probably be that'd probably be weird. Oh, coconut. Like Malibu or whatever. That'd probably be weird with Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I could kind but of see it. Maybe. But um, my husband found this. Um, it's called Screwball. Um, logo is a sheep. Okay. And it's a peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter whiskey? Peanut butter. And I am not a huge fan of peanut butter because I, I had I it too much when I was little. Peanut butter. Yeah, look it up. Look up Screwball. It's This is not a paid advertisement, yeah. but it is... It not smells like peanut butter, and apparently it's really, really good. Huh. He loves it. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm willing to try it, I guess. I don't know how well peanut butter... And, would you say it was whiskey or rum? It, well, <laughs> no, whiskey. <laughs> it's whiskey. Yeah, whiskey, yeah. Uh, I don't know how well... Man, I don't know. That's I love. I do love peanut butter. I I will. I I do have a habit of going to the to the pantry and just eating spoonfuls of peanut butter. I I like. And it you that would much. like I it. Will. Yeah. To me, it would scream nostalgia to to drink to to have. Oh my gosh, it would scream nostalgia to me to have a Dr Pepper with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I could see yeah. it being really good. I get. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I guess you know. I have to try it. Yeah. I can't uh, drink screwball because it's made with gluten. It's gluten. some kind of yeah. barley or something like that, but it has gluten. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Crown Royal uh, supposedly gru- uh, gluten uh, free. Gluten-free. Yeah, gluten-free. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's what it said on their website anyways. Um, so it's either gluten-free or like very, very, very minimal amount of gluten. Um, so... I believe it said it was gluten free though. I'm looking it up right um, now. Are you? Yeah, it is. It says officially yeah. on their website it is gluten free. Yeah, I thought it said there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, and to my understanding, that recipe, um, as far as the original recipe, it hasn't changed um, since uh, the old days. Um, yeah. So, um, and then so this is directly from uh, the Crenora website. Uh, in 1939, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth uh, both made history when they became the first reigning monarchs to visit Canada, arriving by boat and traveling the vast North American distance by train. This is the uh, origin of how uh, Crown Royal came about. It's, it's its origin story. It has its own origin story. That's really cool. Upon hearing the historic news, a Canadian spirits entrepreneur set out to craft a whiskey suited for the royal couple an exceptionally generous gift fit for royalty. He meticulously trialed more than 600 blends before outfitting the final product in a cut glass decanter and regal purple bag with gold stitching. The whiskey he presented to the king and queen was an exquisitely smooth blend of roughly 50 whiskeys, which became known, fittingly, as Crown Royal. The train carrying the monarchs was stocked with 10 cases of the royal blend, and rumors of the unrivaled whiskey fit for a king quickly spread. Crown Royal was released in the United States in the 1960s and has since become the top-selling Canadian whiskey. To this day, every drop of Crown Royal is crafted to meet the same uncompromising standards, making it, to many discerning palates, the finest whiskey of all. Now, I haven't had a whole lot of whiskey. I've had... That's not true. (laughs) In my... No, that's a lie. I retract that. <laughs> I retract that statement. In my Navy days. <laughs> See, you are um, a pirate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's not necessarily because I've never been out to sea. Oh, come on. Um, I, no, never been out to sea. Um, 
that's not totally unheard of in the Navy. You wouldn't think that. Um, there are, I know guys um, that did 20 years, never stepped his foot uh, out to sea. That's wild. Um, they, uh, if, you, if you know how to work the system and you can work it right, uh, you don't have to go out to sea. Um, so you'd also be surprised at the alarming number of people who join the Navy and can't swim. Really? Um, there's a lot of people. That is actually very disappointing. I'm sorry to anyone that's in the Navy and hurt, hears me saying this, but come on now. And they, were, and they were one of those people, yeah. In boot camp, they, they teach you how to swim. Bloody well hope so. They teach you how to swim enough to pass boot camp. Um, Ducky and time. that's, that's yeah, that's no joke. So when you're in boot camp, um, you have to be able to tread water for five minutes um, in in your coveralls like in Mm -hmm. full get up and coveralls you have to be able to hold and tread water for five minutes um what else was there there was a oh yeah we had to be able to swim 100 yards I think at least 100 yards if you're like a rescue swimmer or like a navy seal or something um you had to swim 500 yards um in a certain amount of time um navy seals I believe their requirement um is swimming 500 yards um, in ten and in, in at least ten minutes and forty five seconds. Damn. Um, and that's that's hard. Um, yeah. That's, so a hundred yards is a is the Olympic sized pool, I believe. Um, that's that's how long how big their pools are. So, yeah, you have to be able to go back back and forth, um, two and a half times, I guess. Wow. Um, in ten minutes. Uh, or t- just you know, ten minutes and forty-five seconds, or whatever it is. I think I think it's ten forty-five. Um, and no, the clock says it's two fifty. Clock says two fifty. Yeah. Well, some, <laughs> some of them, some of them very well might have been. No, I doubt anybody did it that fast. Um, <laughs> they uh, they they really would be. They're like Aquaman. Um, For sure. But uh, of course they do call seals frogmen. Um. But anyway, yeah. And then so uh, the other requirement was you had to jump. Uh, you get to jump off the uh, simulating jumping off the side of the ship um, in case of evacuation. Um, like, the, you know, if the ship's going down. Like the big ships? Yeah. Like carrier. Carriers? Yeah. Damn. So now when you're on there, uh, they're much higher. Uh, yeah, <laughs> from the bottom or from you know to the surface, um, but in boot camp you simulate. Um, it's pretty pretty close probably. Um, well, I don't know. Got to think about it. It's probably not. Um, but you have to jump um, from fifty feet. Um, <sighs> you have to jump off the the high, which is the highest diving board. You got pencil it the whole way down. Yeah, and it's it's. It's not even a diving board. It's just a platform. Um, it's the it's a giant platform. It's fifty feet up, and you have to jump off of it and into the water. Some people they'll some because because you're up there with an a, with an instructor at the top of the platform, mm-hmm. okay. And so and you're all in a line uh, up there waiting to jump, and then you get up there and it's your turn, uh, and the instructor goes, "All right, you're gonna jump on three, right? Yep. Okay. One, two, and he pushes you." <laughs> Yep. So regardless, you're going. Um, if, if 
if you need help. I think I think he did it. Uh, I don't think I needed help because I've 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 been swimming for like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved swimming. Um, so I yeah I I think I jumped off just fine no problem. Um, I mean when you're up there that high, I mean it is daunting. For sure. Um, you know because I've never jumped from that high before. Um, and it was it is daunting. Um, but I think you get one chance uh, to do it on your own, and then second chance. Uh, second chance. He's gonna um, shove your butt off of it. I Oof. think, yeah, I think, I think they uh, they shove you off, and and then and then they watch you because you have an, one instructor up there with you, and then you have like two or three of them. Uh, I think you have two in the water, um, in the water waiting to to help get you out in case you know something happens. And then you have they have another one standing on the side um, to watch you go down um, to see how you do because you're supposed to when you jump off, you're supposed to have your arms across your chest and you're supposed to cross your feet um, when you jump off. So you go okay. down, like, so you go down like a missile. Right. Um, or, or a torpedo, Hopefully they don't I guess. break anything. Yeah. Uh, well, that high you won't. Um, well, you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> there's a, there, but yeah, there is a threshold um, where water does become like concrete for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so anyways, we're off-topic again as usual um I forgot why I even brought that up cause I accused you of being a pirate because of your navy days oh yeah cause we were talking about the yeah okay so and how much whiskey you used to drink as a pirate that's right yeah so yeah cause I said I hadn't drank a whole lot of whiskey and then I was like no that's, that's not true um <laughs> now I haven't tried like a, a vast brand of whiskeys. Um, I've had Jim Bean, Jack Daniels, of course, Crown Royal, uh, the Devil's Cut, which is which is actually pretty good. Um, I've not had that one before. I had the others. And uh, Gentleman Jack, I've had, and maybe one or two other brands that I can't think of right now off the top of my head um, but there was an incident in the when I was in the Navy um, I didn't get in trouble or anything nothing like that mm-hmm. um, but uh, I was at a buddy's house um, it was during a, it was during a monsoon I wasn't even supposed to be there um, or no, I know I had already declined an invite to go over there like six times um, but everybody at my command or like 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 five or six guys in my in my direct command that I was working with um, we're all over there, and they're all like, "Come on over, come on, we're having, you know, we're having fun, we're partying, blah blah, whatever." And all I wanted to do was sit in my barracks room and play WoW. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> that's and that's what I was doing. I was sitting there, and I was like, "It's monsoon, like we don't have to be at work, um, you know, because we got you know monsoon." For those that, uh, that don't know, it's a hurricane. Um, uh, just over in Japan, they call monsoons uh, or typhoons. I'm sorry, typhoon, not monsoon, typhoon. Um. So we, I end up, you know, finally giving in, you know, caving. Um, and I go over there. Um, well, I had a bottle of a uh, Bacardi 151 um, in my fridge. And I had a bottle. Um, I don't know if they still make it. I haven't seen it in quite some time. Um, there's a... I had, like, a gallon bottle of that uh, Bacardi Hurricane. It's a pre-mix. Seems really um, appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pre-mixed um, already. Um... And it was, you know, it had alcohol already in it, you know, so you could drink it by itself or pour it, you know, in like soda or whatever. 
Mix it up. Um, and mix it, yeah, but it was lit by itself, you know, because it's Bacardi. Um, so I had that, and I had that bottle of uh, Bacardi 151. Huh? That's the one with the bat, right? Um, crap, I can't remember. It's okay. so long. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I haven't, uh, more of the story is, I haven't, I don't think I've drank Bacardi since this night. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, I go over there, um, you know, they got beer and stuff out, you know, and I brought my two, my one gallon or roughly one gallon or whatever jug of uh, the hurricane and the uh, and I brought, it was a fifth of a uh, 151 um, that I brought and so I started drinking the beer or whatever and um, I started getting pretty you know pretty tipsy or whatever and then I switched over to the uh, uh, to some Jim Bean that they had in there they had like black cherry Jim Bean in there and I was mixing that with you know my uh like coke or whatever it was that they had and eventually somehow they had like a bottle of tequila there i started drinking tequila and then they had, oh there, there was like a bottle of vodka I, started, I was drinking some of the vodka and uh eventually i got to drinking um i op- i started drinking my my 151 and other people were drinking it too or not uh, the 151 the hurricane um and then over the course of the night, I I eventually opened up the bottle 151 also. And so, needless to say, I was hammered at that point. I couldn't even taste the alcohol anymore. I was so drunk. I was, you know, you, you just get to the point, you know, where you can't, you have no reflex anymore. You know, you just drink it, you know, like it's water or whatever. It, I was super drunk. Um, the moral of the story is I threw up up all night that night and all day the next day oh my god um no joke Ooh. all day all day all night i threw up like six or seven times um like so like somebody should have said like dude that's enough <laughs> you're done but especially like i mean especially the host but it, it was a good night um i ruined their i ruined their brand new rug oh my god because I because I threw up all over it. Oh my um, gosh! I think I I broke one of their. Uh, they had a little like little tray uh, full of, like I don't know like little plastic skulls. I think it was like Halloween or something um, around that time because they had like a little bowl of, like little skulls plastic skulls for like decoration or whatever. You were never um, invited again, table. were you? No, I was invited again. Oh my gosh! Um, mainly because I replaced their rug. I took responsibility. I replaced their rug. <laughs> That's nice. And the guy, I threw up all over myself a couple of times while I was sitting there. Um, gross. Yeah, it was bro. It was bad. That was hands down the worst night I've ever had uh, drinking. And the funny, like, and like I said, I didn't even want to be there to begin with. I just wanted to play. Like my I game. went there because yeah, like I went there because you know a lot of guys you know that I worked with, <laughs> uh, they were like, oh, come over, come over, come over, and anyways, I. It was the moral of the story, kids, is peer pressure. Just say no and turn your phone off and go play WoW. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Turn your phone off. Go play WoW. That's right. That's what I should have done. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But it was bad. If I even thought about it, thought about alcohol, I threw up the next day. Nasty. And that and that is no joke. If I even thought about it, I would gag and I would throw up. It was bad. This, you know, by the third day, I was, or, you know, the second day, you know, I was fine. <laughs> but you never but, looked uh, at it the same ever again. I didn't. I, ne- I never, I don't, I think, 
I don't think I bought Hurricane again. I didn't buy 151 again. Um, I felt really bad that I ruined that guy's rug. <laughs> um, again, like I said, I replaced. I slept on their couch that night. Um, this was all on base, by the way. Like we weren't like off somewhere. Like this was all on base and in base housing at some somebody's house that they were staying gotcha. in. I probably should have gone to medical. Um, maybe I don't know. I mean, I was pretty drunk, and and that that goes back to what I was telling you last week or whatever. I don't black out. I remember every bit of that night. That's awful. I did not black out at all. I remember I threw up on that guy's. Uh, I was because I slept on the couch, um, and when I threw over myself the first time, um, he gave me a new shirt. He gave me one of his white t-shirts or whatever. He was like, "Oh, thanks, man. You know, whatever." I went through like three or four of his shirts that night. <laughs> Gosh. Um, sleep on the couch or whatever. And uh, I bought him new shirts and and uh, I was invited again later, but I was like, I'm not drinking. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's probably best. That's probably a good idea. I was, I never partied. Well, when you're in the Navy, it's kind of hard not to party. I in the military, no it's kind of hard not to party. I've heard that. Um, sailors, I've partied with Marines, uh, Air Force guys on occasion. Uh, I've never partied with the army guys, but from my experience, there's going to be a lot of guys out there that are going to disagree with this, or women, you know, whatever. Um, you know, a lot of people that are going to disagree with this. Um, I think sailors, we do party the most. Well, you guys have a history to uphold. And, yeah, and and there's no joke. I mean, there were a few nights where you know we would we'd go get drunk, you know, at two or three o'clock in the morning. And uh, or you know one o'clock, one or two o'clock in the morning, um, and it had to be at muster, uh, muster, which is just formation, mm-hmm. um, at like six, seven o'clock in the morning. Dear God, um, stand there swaying. I'm here, sir. Yeah, I'm here. Um, <laughs> you'll hear lots of sailors tell you that story, and it's uh, it's 100 true. I mean, and we and we still performed our jobs. I mean, that was a lot of our command. You know, they uh, now that didn't happen. You know, very often. You know, and of course, if you were, you know, if you're still blatantly, you know, drunk, uh, no, they, they would send you home. But, um, you know, if you were still, you know, a little lit, um, as long as you still got your job done and, you know, safely and everything. Um, and if they had actually known, like, without a doubt that you were still a little lit, they, it would have been an issue for sure. But, <laughs> oh, my gosh. All not right. to myself or anything. Anyways, all right, so now that we've drug on for another 10 or 15 minutes, (laughs) let's get back to the island Canada and Denmark have been quote-unquote fighting over. The tiny island in question is called Hans Island, and it is situated in the middle of the Nares Strait, which separates Canada's Ellesmere Island from Denmark's Greenland. The island itself is only 1.3 square kilometers, or half a square mile, in size, and has no permanent residence. But it has been the source of a territorial dispute between Canada and Denmark for over 50 years. And so, I mean, that's a very small island. Half a square mile. Denmark's a small country, and yet, like, it owns Greenland. It owns Greenland. (laughs) Yep. The dispute began in 1973 when Denmark and Canada both claimed Hans Island for themselves. Canada claimed that the island was part of the 1880 transfer of Hudson Bay Company lands to Canadian sovereignty. Denmark claimed that the island is an integral part of Greenland and was used by the Greenlandic Inuit for hunting purposes. Since then, the two countries have been engaged in a strange and comical tug of war over the island. 
despite the fact that neither country has any practical use for the island, the dispute has become a matter of national pride for both nations. This is largely due to the fact that the island is such a small size. One of the most bizarre aspects of the dispute is the way in which the two countries have chosen to assert their claims to the island. For years, Danish and Canadian troops have taken turns visiting the island and leaving a small national flag as a symbol of their country's claim. But things took a turn in 2005 when a group of Canadian soldiers visited the island and left behind a bottle of Canadian whiskey, along with a note that read, Welcome to Canada. When the Danish soldiers arrived on the island a few days later, they found the whiskey and responded by leaving a bottle of Danish schnapps, along with a note that this time read, Welcome to Denmark. I could have had schnapps! Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. You don't often get a chance to like have a real reason to drink schnapps. Yeah. You can drink whiskey anytime you want, but you know. Schnapps is too girly. Schnapps. That's what a lot of people say. Schnapps is too girly. Their face is too girly. Although, yeah. Although, <laughs> um, spiced apple cider vinegar. Mm-hmm. Or spiced, not vinegar, just a spiced apple cider. Okay, yeah. Um, and butterscotch schnapps. Like when it's hot. I'm sorry. Oh my god, you're being attacked. <laughs> Her headset's gone rogue. <laughs> I got tangled up in my, my headset wire and it wouldn't leave me alone. It's like a strangler. It's like a spider web on my face and my arms. It's horrible. Sorry. Okay. Butterscotch. Yeah, uh, I think it's I wanna say it's Alpine. Okay. Uh Alpine spiced apple cider and butterscotch schnapps. Nice. That sounds really good. You do like a shot and a half butterscotch schnapps, and then you mix uh, just hot water. Um, you gotta drink it hot. That's the thing. So it's a, it's a good winter drink. It sounds like a hot toddy, then. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And it's good for the throat. It's, it's really good. I bet. When I was doing cocktails and crockpots with my friend Lynette, one of ours for Christmas was uh, what was it? It was a it was a warm candy cane. I think it was what it was. Oh. And you had to, it had um, mint schnapps. You melted, I guess? Or? No, it was just, it was mint schnapps. Oh, it was and, just a drink. It was yeah. an actual candy cane. It was, okay. Yeah, and it was called a warm candy cane, I think. Duh, Chris. It wasn't actual candy cane. <laughs> well, we did put Smart candy canes as garnish on top of it, but yeah, it yeah. was good. I, lo- I like schnapps. I like mint. I love, I'm down for it. That So you said mint. That reminds me. Um, another story I was when I was in Japan. Oh, good Lord. What'd you throw um, up this time? I, no, I didn't throw up. Okay. Um, yeah, but that that one night that I was describing earlier that that is the kind of night that you get up and you like I'm never drinking again, <laughs> and then like two weeks later you're back to drinking again. <laughs> never. That's kind of what happened. Just not nearly in that excess. I don't. After that night, I have never. That's not true. I have. I've gotten drunk. Maybe four times since that night. Wow. And this was back 2010. So in the past 13 or so years, um, I've only gotten like hammered um, maybe four, four or five times, hmm. maybe. Um, and my brother, um, two of those times were at my brother's Halloween party. <laughs> Um, Don't I go to that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> um, I slept. I slept on his couch uh, that night, um, and 
Um, fun fact, it was Devil's Cut. Uh, that didn't even end up getting drank. Uh, ended up in the fire because it was cold and the fire was going out and I needed a way to keep the fire going. And men so, love to set things on fire and watch it go. Well, we were out of logs. We couldn't <laughs> find, I couldn't find any logs or any tree branch or anything. So I was like, I know what? And it was me and my uh, my nephew's girlfriend. Um, we were the only ones still awake. We were drinking. Uh, and you know, we were having a uh, you know still a good old time. Everybody else had left. My brother, everybody else was asleep on the couch, whatever. And we, we were just still up just partying around. And uh, we... We ended up. Well, I I, I did most of. It. I shouldn't I shouldn't include her in it. I did most of it. Um, I poured the devil's cut into the fire and a little bit of something else. I think it was like leftover vodka or something. Um, because the fire was going out and you know we were we were both drunk and we didn't want to you know we didn't want to stop partying. Um, but eventually we did. Um, <laughs> eventually. But, but so when I went to sleep, um, I woke up. It was, I think it was like three o'clock by the time I finally went to bed. Um, and maybe an hour later, half hour later, I don't know. Um, you know, because when you're drunk, you don't know how long time's going by. Right. Um, I threw up again, or I threw up. Uh, but so, but I knew it was coming, and luckily the room that I was so I was I was I slept in the in a spare bedroom, and luckily that spare bedroom has a room has a door right to the kitchen. Um, to the sink but it also has a door um, in the kitchen right next um, it's it's like maybe in like a six square foot area there's a door to the kitchen and then from the kitchen a door to the outside to the back patio so you just went do 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 and so yeah. I went I went to the back patio yeah so I went to the back patio I'm, I opened up the door and I was like I'll just throw it in the, I'll just throw it in the grass um, well I didn't make it in the grass it landed on this on the patio <laughs> Um, and it went all over the patio. And I think I threw up maybe two or three times um, right there on that patio. And then I think that was it. Uh, but I remember my brother getting up the next morning and he told me about it. Because um, I think I left. I don't think I even cleaned it up. He, well, he cleaned it up. Um, <laughs> but he's like, I had to get like five buckets, uh, five like two gallon, two or three gallon buckets. Of, maybe it was five gallon buckets. It was probably five gallon buckets. Um of, of hot water from the sink to to pour it on there. He's like, I had to get like four or five of them to get it all off and to to get it all off the Gross. the patio and everything. Gross. Yeah. Mess. That happened twice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but I think it was only that bad where I threw up. I think it was that was just the one time at his house. And then the second time when I threw up, I think it was over there. I think it was another Halloween party because it's usually the only party that we have over there. Um, where I where I will go ahead and drink. Um, I think uh, I think that was it and I don't think it was I think I I think I made it into the bathroom or something or I don't think I threw up that much though I think I might I might have thrown up and then and like before it came out like I was able to like swallow it again or whatever <laughs> shut up so nasty yeah. I know like a baby like bird a he throws up and then eats it <laughs> yes Anyways, <laughs> the strange but fun exchange of liquor has become something of a tradition with each country trying to outdo the other with more expensive or exotic beverages. In 2009, the Canadians left a bottle of Canadian club whiskey, while the Danes responded with a bottle of schnapps made from Greenlandic berries. 
So, why are Canada and Denmark fighting over this tiny island with such fervor? One reason is the potential oil and gas reserves that may lie beneath the island. Both countries are eager to stake a claim to any potential resources, although so far no significant resources have been found. And I believe that when I did research earlier, um, there they stated that there was no resources that they could find. So they're fighting over this island essentially for nothing. Just for um, fun. Yeah. I mean, they both have have some claim to it like you know like i said earlier right um but it's a half a half mile island what are you really gonna do with it who knows it's not big enough to put like a base or anything yeah you could put a you know a couple houses on there for but then what they're gonna have to trial you know or travel you know what two three hundred miles to the nearest supermarket right like hope you don't mind everything would be like ridiculously expensive yeah um, because it would pro- probably have to be, I don't even, well, that'd be long enough to, uh, well, actually, no, I don't even know if that would be long enough, um, to have a runway. Probably not. I don't, for, uh, for the amount of supplies that they would need, it would need, it would have to be a small runway for a small cargo plane. <laughs> just parachute um, it in, in just drop it. Yeah. I, I mean, and that, you know, it's a half mile target. I mean. Hopefully you make it right. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously they would get down close enough where they would, you know, they would drop it. Right. But, but still, I mean, what else um, do you do with the dang thing? Right. I, I mean, it has no, uh, no real, you know, military use. Um, other than, you know, I mean, you, you can't fit a whole lot on there. It's 1.3 square kilometers or half, half a square mile. So that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the first time I actually, I remember recently, um, the first time I heard about this funny little back and forth fight between over this, you know, this little country and country, this little island was, um, oh, I'd say at least seven years ago. There's this um, okay. Danish cartoonist that I was really, really into for a long time um, who would make these funny little cartoons about like the Slavic countries and their history and, and mythology and stuff like that. And one of them that she did was about this little tiny Island oh. and the little cartoon characters were so hilarious. It was just, it was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard of. And then when you told me that we were going to do this, I was like, nice. Yeah. Another reason is the strategic importance of the Island because it sits in the middle of the Nair Strait, which is a vital shipping route between the Atlantic and the Arctic ocean. As climate change continues to melt the Arctic ice, the Nair Strait is becoming an increasingly important shipping lane, and control over the island could give one country an advantage over the other. The dispute over Hans Island has become something of a running joke in international circles, with many people finding the whole thing absurd. In 2018, the Danish Foreign Ministry released a video on YouTube in which a group of Danish comedians attempted to settle the dispute by building a bridge between Denmark and Canada, with Hans Island as the central point. Despite the humorous nature of the dispute, it has caused tensions between Canada and Denmark at times. In 2017, the Canadian Defense Minister, Harjit Sajan, <laughs> whatever. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> very accurate. Harjit Sajan traveled to Greenland. I, I know I butchered it. Um, traveled to Greenland and visited Hans Island, where he raised the Canadian flag and reaffirmed Canada's claim to the island. The Danish Foreign Minister... Anders Samuelson responded by calling Sajan's actions unacceptable and contrary to international law. 
<laughs> Ooh, you in trouble. <laughs> just, just, shots fired. Oh, my. So, what is the current status of the dispute? Well, in 2018, Canada and Denmark announced that they would be working together to resolve the issue. And I believe that they actually mentioned something in 2005 that they were going to work towards it. Yeah, they said that several um, times, didn't they? Which kind of sounds like a crock. Yeah. Um, so, but the two countries agreed to establish a task force to study the issue and recommend a solution. Again? Again. In the meantime, the tradition of leaving a bottle of liquor on the island continued. In 2019, the Danish soldiers left a bottle of schnapps made from musk, oxen, and caribou. Ew. Yeah, gross, right? Uh, I mean, it might be good. Um, <laughs> Maybe. It's just not something you would think of. Um, while the Canadians responded with a bottle of Yukon Jack whiskey. On July 14th of 2022, the two countries finally made peace with a final exchange of Canadian maple whiskey and a bottle of Danish bitter Gamel Dansk. Per the agreement, Hans Island will be divided along a natural ridge, with roughly 60% of the area being allocated to Denmark and the remainder to Canada. Well, because mm, she's a little unfair. Right, well, Canada's got all that space. Denmark's this big. Let him have a little. The agreement also led to a delimination of the remaining maritime border in the Lincoln and Labrador Seas, leading to the establishment of what Canada and Denmark call the world's longest maritime border. The parties hailed the agreement as a victory for the rules-based international order. While the dispute over Hans Island may seem trivial, it highlights the complex nature of international territorial disputes. Even small islands and areas of land can have significant strategic value, and the issue of who has sovereignty over them can become a matter of national pride and political importance. Well, that's going to have to wrap it up with this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed learning about this strange dispute over Hans Island. Join us next time for another fascinating story from around the globe. Thanks for listening to Smarticus Tells History. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review and make sure to subscribe. And be sure to follow the show at facebook.com slash History, or just click the link in the show description. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.